Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 76. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clausen and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Like, make the executive decision that this is no longer a Red Sox podcast. In the spirit of March Madness, we're now at St. Peter's Peacocks basketball podcast. So welcome to it. Strut up, roll cocks. Let's get into roll, it. Roll cocks, shout out. Um, do you roll guys know peaks. what city they're from? Jersey City? Yeah, Jersey City. I, somebody tried to quiz me on that the other day, and I just had no idea. Well, I, I didn't know that before, like, 24 hours ago. But yeah, me neither. They're not I didn't from, even, on, to, to be honest, I didn't know the school existed. They're not from I mean, Bub City, Chicago? Bub City, Chicago. The difference between their gymnasium and UK's gymnasium is insane. Well, it was the, a very poor high school. Uh, I, I was going to say, I think the, the difference between their gymnasium and a, a local high school gymnasium would be probably very comparable. I think well, I saw, like, spending-wise, it's the biggest upset in college basketball history. Well, it's probably sports history. It's like uh, Kentucky spends 11 times more on their basketball program than the, the Cox do. Let me, let me ask you this, Steve. What had a bigger impact on the U.S. society? St. Peter's over Kentucky or the USA national team over the Soviets in 1980? Purely for morale-wise, it's a toss-up. If it was Duke instead of Kentucky and Duke was still really good, probably would say that. But Kentucky, I don't know. I don't, I don't know a whole lot of people that live outside of Kentucky that likes Kentucky. Fair. Well, um, I know we're kind of used to not talking about the Sox, but – the lockout's over. Not only is baseball back, free agency has begun. Sox made some moves. Some big ones. Some big moves. Some, some moves, some big ones. Some, you know, uh, some bigger than others. We were on spring break this week, so we had to push the episode back to Sunday. And the timing of that worked out very well. Very, very well. I One mean, it was, a, it was a good week for the Red Sox leading up to – Sunday, but they take the last big guy off the board. Trevor Story is coming to Boston. Heim Bloom. I mean, listen, I was I was nervous all week. I was like, is Heim actually going to drop a bag on a contract? Finally does it. He breaks the stigma of this is the Boston Rays, and we what? sign Trevor Story for $23.5 million for the next six years. That's not even breaking the bank, though. When you look at the contract for a guy like that, six years, 140. It's cheap. They got, a, they got a great deal. Think about, I mean, granted, he's not as good as Xander, but think about what you'd be paying Xander. You're looking at close to 30 for him. Well, I saw a stat. I mean, Story's moving to second base. Let's establish that. Well, well for, first of all, hold on. Well, overall reaction, you saw Red Sox are signing Story. Positive, negative, meh. Positive. Definitely positive because if we didn't sign Trevor Story, I think we would be locked into the fourth best team in the AL East. But with Trevor Story, I think we jump at least to top two, maybe one. And I think Heim, I don't know if he's if he's done yet. I don't know if he's done yet. 
to Steve's point, I mean, to compete in the AL East right now, I, I think the Yankees, and we can get into this later, but the Yankees have shot themselves in the foot on a culture perspective like twice already. And then the other team to fear, you know, you got the Rays, they're always going to be decent. And then the Blue Jays, the only way to beat the Blue Jays is to outslug them. So if you get a guy who's going to drop, you know, 27, you know, 25, 30 homers a year, it's going to hit pretty well for you. It's going to do pretty well. I mean, that's the how you beat the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have gone out and spent. They just went and traded for Matt Chapman. They got Kikuchi. Who was the pitcher they got earlier this offseason? Robbie uh, Ray. Was it Robbie Ray? No, no, no. Who was the guy from the Twins? Why can I not think of? Uh, or the guy that, oh, Barrios. They re-signed Barrios. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Robbie Ray uh, went to Seattle, right? Yeah, Robbie Ray went to Seattle. But for the Red Sox, I mean, Steve, like, I think you nailed that on the head. Like, this was the last big guy. I mean, I made a video on the Instagram the other day. Like, I was getting frustrated. Once Freeman, went, like, Freddie Freeman went on the board and, you know, I think a lot of the reporters on Twitter were kind of just linking the Red Sox to a lot of these guys. I don't know how true those reports actually were, but, you know, you see the Red Sox are in on Freeman, you know, they're in on a bunch of guys and they're, they're the, the interest Kings for the second straight off season, just not, not doing anything. And it's frustrating because when you look at the lineup from last year at the end of last year and to what they had yesterday at this time, it, it's a, it's, worse than it was i mean you're missing renfro missing schwarber it's still not a bad lineup but again the alias is competitive so for them to go out get the last big free agent because after that you're looking at michael conforto who's... tommy fam <laughs> i think it was yesterday it was conforto tommy fam and trevor story were the only players left that are projected to have a one or higher wins above replacement value for the next season Right. So, I mean, you, you look at that and you're like, okay, Heim. And the problem was, and we'll talk more about Correa, you know, later in the show, but once Correa came off the board, because that night before we went to sleep and Correa like magically signs a deal in Minnesota in the middle of the night, uh, the market for story was basically us and the giants. And then once Correa signs with Minnesota, then there are a bunch of teams who are like, Oh shit. Like, you know, we got to offer this guy more money, more years. I mean, I was nervous that, you know, I truly didn't think the Red Sox were going to be able to give him the full package because, you know, he wants to play short. We're offering him second base. But, you know, Heim gave him the money. I think story, you, you can make a case that he's close to a $30 million per year player. And Clawson, as you said, like, I think they got him for a good price, opt out after four years. Overall, a great contract because, Again, Xander's only making $20 million. He's got the opt-out after next year. I think what I see happening is Xander opting out and signing an uh, extension with the team for more money. But yeah. if, if he, for whatever, reasons, for whatever reason, leaves, you've got Story here now, and then you've got a top 20 MLB prospect waiting at second base in Marcelo Mayer. So He's like a top five prospect at this point. What didn't the top one did the top 100 drop or was it just the top 10? Cause I don't think he was in the top 10. Yeah. I think he got re-ranked outside of the top 10. I'm not sure exactly where he is. Bobby Wood Jr. Shout out is the number one prospect in baseball. Now Trevor story. He's 14 right now. 14. Yeah. I mean, he's hasn't, guy that hasn't played above like rookie ball and practice basically. That's pretty good. And, and he's he was 16. just sitting in algebra last year at, at this time. 
And I mean, when you look at this, like I'm looking at the MLB roster right now, the top seven are all supposed to make their debuts this year. And then you dip down like up to 13. That's when they're all like 2023. So he's going to fly up. Yeah, he's going to fly up. And and again, if if he's not ready for next year and Xander leaves, we're looking way into the future right now. You also have Jeter Downs too, which people have kind of forgotten about him too. So again, the guy that people forget about too is Nick York. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. The guy they drafted. Nick York. He's, he's 55 right now. Considerably better than Jeter Downs. Uh, I believe I believe we have four top 100 prospects. Oh, actually, we have five right now. Who's the fifth? Hold on. Hold on. Meyer, Casas, Jordan, Duran. Why did it come up as five? Oh, sorry. I did a control F and the Red Sox tab came up. Yeah, we have four. So uh, Meyer is 14, Costas is 16, York is 55, and Duran is 85. We'll see how Duran pans out. I still have faith in Duran, but I want to circle back to Trevor's story and just establish how good he is, especially how good he should be in Fenway this upcoming year. So first of all, I think that he is top five in defensive run saves for shortstops over the past couple of seasons. I think only guys like Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, and Javier Baez have more defensive run saves saved than him, which I know isn't the greatest stat to measure, but I think he was at least plus 36 and Xander Bogarts was minus eight. Now, Obviously, Bogarts is still going to play shortstop, but Story should more likely than not be a defensive upgrade as opposed to Christian Arroyo at second base, which is good. Hopefully, we'll see how like his transition to second base actually turns out because who knows? Baseball is such a mental game. Something like that might kind of get in your head a little bit, but probably not for a guy like Trevor Story. And then have you guys seen his his spray chart? that they laid over for home games last season onto here. I think he's projected or he would have had like 38 home runs, a ton more doubles, a couple more triples only here. Probably only like three more triples, but that's a lot of triples for a shortstop. So he should play well in Fenway. He's a, he's a righty power bat and nobody loves the, the green monster more than ready power bats. Well, we also, I've seen a lot on, on Twitter too of guys or people who are like, you know, are these numbers reflective only of course field? Like they're not the splits. The splits are obviously favored to home. We've seen it happen with a bunch of, of course hitters, but I don't think that, I mean, Arenado was, he's still on the younger side. Not, not really anymore. When he left the Rockies um, stories, 39 or excuse me, 29 right now. Um, but I, I still think that story is a good enough hitter to the point where uh, taking him out of course field is not, is not going to be the be all end all. And I think that Fenway park, it's not like you're putting him in a big ballpark, like St. Louis, you know, you're putting, putting him at Fenway. So I think that's going to be good. And I will go on the record as saying that I have said in the past that I think Trevor story is overrated. However, I think this is a good fit for the Red Sox. And I think that this is getting a good player. I think, I think he was overrated for the price he was asking for, but the price they got him at where they're going to put him, I think that it's a good deal. And when you really dive more into his stats, which I, I ha- truly haven't done until 
you know, the rumors started circulating. This is a guy who led the MLB in steals in 2020. The Red Sox, one of the slowest teams, one of the worst base running teams last year. So that's a huge, you know, push up up in that rankings. And then obviously Steve mentioned the defense. So it's, it's not even just about the hitting with him. It's about insurance shortstop. It's about defensively getting a big boost there. It's about base running. And overall, I, I love this signing. I love it. I mean, yeah, just to pretty much say it in the same way that you did. Um, if you look at the Red Sox, what they were going to do left, again, there was, it was pretty much Trevor Story and then a bag of balls for the, for the rest of the free agent class. So you get him, you get him for a good price. You get a way better second baseman than what you had. Last year was such a revolving door. Arroyo was never healthy. Kike was always in the outfield. And then you'd have like Arauz coming up when neither of them were able to play. So now you have stability at second. Great player. He's going to hit well. Should be good on defense. Um, the switch from short to second is probably a lot easier than from second to short. You know, he can do the stuff. So I think in terms of if the Red Sox were going to do anything, pitching still a big problem. The outfield is kind of up in the air. Um, it could be better, but I think it's at least fine for now. Think- but in terms of what they were going to do left, he was the biggest guy. And uh, yeah, if the Red Sox were going to make a big move, this was the the last chance for them to do so. So I'm you all think, about it. You think that pitching is still a problem? I think the starting rotation is still a problem. We're down Erod. He was he was a solid. He was a solid number five last year. I mean, he can he can come in as a four and be fine. He's not going to be great, but he can come in and be serviceable. And then we're out for sale for however long. So now we're looking at. I mean, I don't even know what the rotation looks like now. It's Avaldi and then. You know, Rich Hill, Pavetta, Pavetta, Valdi, Pavetta, Hauk, Rich Hill, and then probably Michael Walker. Right I now. mean, a guy like a guy like Hauk was so good out of the pen last year. I wouldn't. I would be surprised if he stayed in that starter role. I wouldn't be surprised if he kept in the bullpen and was able to come in for like three, four innings. See, that's when he was nails. Well, Alex Cora is. <clears throat> excuse me because I lost my voice over spring break, but I'm going to do, bear with me. Alex Cora is proven in the past that he's willing to use pitchers in whatever fashion he damn well pleases at that moment in time. So if he wants to keep Hauk at the back end of the rotation so that he can bring him into the uh, out from the bullpen on certain days where he's not going to pitch, then Alex Cora is going to do that. If he needs Hauk to spot start probably 15 plus times, 12 plus times this next season, Hauk's probably going to do that. And I think either way, Hauk's going to be good. I don't know for sure if Garrett Whitlock's going to stay in the bullpen all of next season. Probably, more likely than not, he will all next season. Who knows in two seasons from now, but there's no point in talking that about that. And I also just wanted to bring up the fact that I pulled up Story's home away splits. I'll only mention 2019 because that was like his last like really, really good year. He had 328 at home which is good. He hit 260 away, which is less good. And then the only other things that I'll mention are the home runs. He had 11 home runs away. It's all right. And then he hit 24 home runs at home. I don't think those splits are super egregiously irregular. People always point to cores that like that's, it was going to be way worse than that. You'd expect it to be like 30 home runs at home. In, in six home runs away. I, that's just not the case. 
I mean, I'm looking at, I pulled up Arenado's numbers a little bit ago and his average plummeted. He went down like 50 points, but even just like homers, like he went from his last full season in Colorado was 2019, he had 41 homers and 118 RBIs. First season in uh, St. Louis was 34 homers and 105 RBI. So it's not like he's, he's bad. He's just not going to put up the same number. So he'll probably put up, I mean, granted though, St. Louis is not the best hitters park. Fenway, he's going to have a field day. So, I don't know. It's kind of the cores of the East if you're a righty. Yeah, it's going to be great, honestly. And I think that we're all in agreement on that. However, I do want to kind of compare this signing to what a potential reunion with Kyle Schwarber would have looked like. I think we're kind of lacking a lefty power bat specifically. Right now, your three lefties in in a starting lineup look to be Raphael Devers, which is good. Then you have Jackie Bradley Jr., which is less good. He's a and player. Alex Verdugo, who's pretty, he's pretty average. He was pretty average last year to above average. JBJ, what do you guys think about him starting in this lineup? So I'll say this about Jackie Bradley Jr. This is one thing I wanted to touch on. When you look on when you look at this team on paper. You, I think you look at it and you say this team needs to add another depth outfielder. Now you can look at that group of guys right now and, you know, even talked about, you talk about a guy like Tommy Pham even coming in and platooning with Jackie Bradley Jr. in right field, which it sounds like he'll play right now because I guess Kike's got that spot. Uh, Clausen said Franchi, which honestly – Give the man a chance. Give the man a chance. I will say that. But I'm telling you, hold on. One, one quick Francis thing. No, if go they, for it. Once they get rid of the shift, that guy is going to be ripping singles. So, I mean, listen, I here's the thing is that I think in the past, a guy like Dombrowski brings in a guy like Tommy Pham to play right field for this team. I really think he does. Look at a guy like Chris Young who came in. You pay him $12 million to be your fourth outfielder when you've got, you know, Ben Intendi. And you already have Brock Holt and you've got Ben Benintendi, Betts, and Bradley. Like, that's just something he would do. I don't think Heim's going to do that for anybody over about $4 million. The one guy I think you're going to see getting a lot more playing time this year is Jaron Duran. I think that he fits the mold perfectly for a guy that can really break out this year. He was really up and down too much last year to the point that I think that really affected how he was playing. But he, he was on the postseason roster, right? He ended up making it, like, didn't really hit a lot. But... Yeah, he pinched ran a good amount. Right. So I think that Duran, I think that this is a good opportunity for Duran and Jackie to split time. Now, Duran's not a, exactly a power bat. I mean, he can be, but we didn't exactly see a ton of pop in the show last year. But look at another guy. I know this guy's, you know, maybe a little bit more of a top prospect than Duran, but like a guy like Jared Kelnick came up last year with Seattle. Didn't exactly light the world on fire. But I think coming into your sophomore year, you get your feet wet a little bit. And I think that a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr., you, you certainly cannot rely on to play more than 120 games for this team. Like he, he's at the point right now where I think even platooning is a bit much. And I, I want to talk more about Bradley in a little bit. But in terms of a fourth outfielder, I think Duran's your guy. And I also think that we could see Bobby Dahlbeck getting some reps out there. I also think that Christian Arroyo might get some reps out there because you can move Verdugo over to right field and you can slide those guys in left field. Is it ideal? No. The other guy who they just re-signed who you might, might, very doubtful, see getting reps out there, Travis Shaw. 
maybe you see that too. Not likely, but again, Franchi, there, there's a lot of depth there that I think people have forgotten about. And I just don't see Heim going out and signing a guy. Another guy we have, Rob Refsnyder, who used to play for the Yankees. So, you know, there's a lot of depth there, and I'm comfortable with it right now. However, coming to the trade deadline, I could see them going after a guy like Kyle Schwarber. And I will say this quickly, lastly, about Kyle Schwarber. Disappointed we didn't sign him. It makes sense, but I would rather have Trevor Story than Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, I mean, as far as those three lefty potential right fielder solutions, who saying Franchi is a potential solution <laughs> in right field is he's not a solution, but he, you know, he he's there, he exists, a placeholder even. I mean, for him, just like whatever we know, what would probably come from Franchi and would be one home run and a buck eighty batting average. That being said, offensively. Is JBJ going to do much better than that? Maybe for a month, but his glove is going to be unreal because, I mean, he, just today he gotten somebody at home. He's going to be good in the outfield. He's going to, and he's definitely going to be better than Duran. I think that where they're different between Duran and Bradley is they can potentially give you the same thing at the plate, but Duran's ceiling at the plate is way higher. It's better at base running. And the defense is probably going to be okay. It's not going to be as good as JBJ, but it'll be fine. So I like the idea of platooning those two. However, I would prefer to not have to do that and maybe find another solution. I don't really know where you'd go, but we have a lot of prospects right now at a lot of. Clausen? Yeah, I mean, I think the way it's probably going to work is like a seesaw. Uh, I think you're probably going to, you're going to have like, 60 40 Bradley Duran and then I think it as the season goes on it's gonna flip and then we'll probably see like 65 35 Duran Bradley just because I think Duran's ceiling's way higher um defense isn't there as one Steve Brady would say a run saved is as good as a run earned a run scored same thing true um, yeah, yeah true huh? so I think that as time goes on Duran's gonna get better he's a good player he can hit he can run and play decent defense so I think he's gonna get some of those spots that Bradley's getting at the beginning, just because Bradley's familiar, everyone knows he can do it. And he's 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 good in the outfield. He's terrible at the plate. I think it's just going to end up being on how bad Bradley ends up being at the plate. If we get to like July and he's still hitting 160, then I don't think he stands a chance to keep playing as an almost everyday guy. And that's when I think Durant hops in or someone else starts filling that spot for him. But if he can at least be hitting over like 200 playing good defense out there, I don't see why he's going to get moved right away. Well, we had a couple people, like, I, when I made that video a couple days ago, they were like, oh, you don't trust Jackie. Yeah, like, no, I don't trust Jackie. And a lot of people are predicting a breakout year from him. And, yeah, optimistically. Jackie Bradley? I don't think you Did you see some of the replies on that? People are like, he's going to have a big year. It's like, yeah, you can say that, but realistically, he's not going to. And you can't bank on that. You can't just – bank on that and be like oh it's okay because he's back in boston gonna like you you can't do that you can't do that i thought he was way older he's only 31 yeah i mean you can't you still can't say that somebody can have a breakout year at their age 31 season he's uh, maybe not breakout i'm more maybe bounce back's a better word yeah I mean, he, he was genuinely bad at the, he was last year. the he bottom like five player in all of the majors last year no i was just gonna he say 163 he was, he was statistically and objectively the worst hitter in the entire MLB last year. Right. 
Right. And that's, that's oh, what I'm saying. I, is that, sorry. Go ahead. I've had this USB plugged in as if this is my mic. That's not my mic. I'm not using my mic right now. Hell yeah. Right. That, was my mic. that was my microphone. There we go. Audio quality just take a uh, definitely noticeable difference. All right. Whoops. That was my bad. There was another USB cord that looked like the same right next to this one. But we're good now. Oh, that was only like 15 minutes of that, but whatever. We're oh, fine. It was like, it was like uh, it, it might've been a half hour. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> well, well, we're back now. We did that for 70, however many episodes we're going to be okay. Let's yeah, just you get thought back on you're using... Anyway, Steve. Look, JBJ run, saves a run scored. You can't, he's not going to have, uh, he's not going to be an all-star. But last thing I'll say about JBJ, because I don't want to talk about JBJ for an entire episode, is that he's arguably the greatest college baseball player of all time, and people don't like to talk about that. People don't like to talk about that, Steve. And we, we can hide him in this, in this lineup, because look at all the other people at the top of this lineup. Look at the potential lineup. It's Kike, Xander, Devers, JD, Story, then Verdugo, Bob. Dahlbeck, Vasquez. Yeah, Bob. I mean... It, it's really it's a deep lineup it's a deep lineup but i people are like, like again jbj show me i, I don't have much faith in, in jackie right now and i think that's totally fair to say i really uh, i just don't and i i am you know exploring other options of where the red sox can go and i do think that they can do that internally right now which a lot of people aren't talking about you know i, I think a lot of people have forgotten about how good jaron duran was and you know, I, I think that they, no, I, not, I think now with story, I know that they can make this work, you know, barring hopefully nobody gets severely injured and you have to fill holes, but thankfully they have, you know, Tristan Costas coming up and, you know, Dahlbeck is a athletic guy. I think he's going to get some reps out there. So yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not nervous. I, you know, if JBJ is not hitting, he'll see the bench real quick. I think it'll be fine. I think we're going to ride with that lineup with JBJ in it for a while. And we're going to see how it works out. And I think it's going to work out just fine. If it's a problem, Alex Cora is one of the best managers in the league. He's going to address it. And then from there, we have so many prospects, like I just said, that are log jammed at positions and are almost ready to come up. First base, got Casas. Blaze Jordan's probably not going to be ready for a couple more years. But then... Even the middle infield has a couple guys like Jeter Downs and Mayer's not going to be ready for a couple more years. But there's there's room to wiggle around here. I don't think we're tied down super aggressively to just this lineup, even though I think that this lineup is going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be great. And well, Jackie Bradley Jr., this is also the last year of a, of a two-year deal. So, <laughs> wow. Excuse me. Um, again, if it doesn't work out, he's gone after this year. I think he's probably gone after this year anyways but um this might this might be a hot take yeah how hot like put in the john cena sound clip hot like how hot you're gonna is this gonna be another like uh what's his face marco gonzalez plays like a hundred marwin gonzalez the new shortstop for the new york yankees is he resign him did you not see that? I did not oh. see that. Five minutes after the Red Sox signed story. Breaking news. Yankees signed Marvin Gonzalez. I was like, that is a hell of a counter, boys. Oh, Way to geez. steal our thunder. 
cash. I almost feel bad. I yeah, don't bro. feel bad, but I almost feel bad. They're idiots. Um, I'm going to say this. No way. I know exactly what you're going to say right now. I think. I would rather have, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I would rather have Trevor Story and Jackie Bradley Jr. over Hunter Renfro and Kyle Schwarber. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I personally thought you were going to say the Yankees finished last in the division, but that would that's, be funny. That's for a no, different conversation. Don't think that, but hot take. I think that. All right, nah. I I like I like Trevor Story and Jackie Bradley Jr. more than Hunter Renfro and Kyle Schwarber. Not just offensively. I think that as a whole, as a whole. I yeah, think it's well, a better duo. I think it's a better duo. I think Kyle Schwarber, just pure need wise, power lefty back kind of fits a little bit better. I think Story is a better player than he is especially because I think his transition to second would be easier than Schwarber's transition to first. And Hunter Renfro has had one really good year in his entire career. So, Clawson? I'm just looking at some weird stats on baseball reference. Nice. Um, one I was looking at, let me find it again. Uh, that is a pretty hot take, Artie, but I don't think that's ridiculous. I it's think Trevor's story. But like, I, I can, you can make a case for it. I think that I was looking at I was looking at range story. factor. Range factor. I think yeah. that doesn't I don't think that's a great stat for defense <laughs> defense. That's a defensive stat, right? Derek Jeter's range factor is negative. Do you want me to no. look, look where he's if he's on the list? No, so the way I think range factor can skew these things is because I think Devers sneaky has a really good range factor, but his overall defense on balls hit like directly at him is bad, which makes him an overall bad defender. I can see like Derek Jeter having a really good range factor in being Derek Jeter at shortstop anyway. So I don't know if this is a really that good of a stat. Um, you want to take a guess where Jackie Bradley is. I don't how do they measure your range factors that like what's know. the scale? I don't know. I just have the rankings. I, I don't moment. know. Like it, one point I don't I don't know. Is it like one like zero to a hundred or like I, I don't know. It's like it's it's pretty low. Like the the top one is like three point five. Okay, I'm gonna say, who who are we guessing? Jackie Brad. I'm just saying like his his single like a, season his like rank all time ranking. All time in the on the I, entire MLB I history. I can't give you a number like two point nine. No, oh rank right rank. Oh oh rank. That was your that was your guess. Yeah. His best one is 2.902. Well, there you go. See, I, I know everything about everything you need to know about range factor. I'm your guy. Just like Z Swish. Seaborp. Seaborp. Z Swish. All Z good Swish. stats. Who was it who actually one of you asked me like last wish? Last I was week. I, I said, I don't know what Z Swish is. And you said it's not real. And I said, <laughs> oh. Nice. Um, I never claimed to know what it was, though, whenever we talked about it. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, his Z-Swish is good. I was just like, yeah. Just not- nodded your head. You were like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? I'm going to question that. It sounds pretty professional. Fun fact. Derek Jeter is on the list. I bet, I bet he's good. 
for range factor. He is just above Jose Iglesias. Who just signed a deal with the Colorado Rockies. Along with Chris Bryant. You know who has a higher range factor than Jeter? Uh, and Simmons. Hanley. Nice. Hey, man. Hanley, Hanley was kind of good back in the day, in the Miami days at shortstop. Yeah, it was good. Hold on. Hold on. I think he was. I don't know. Well, that was like 20 years ago. Doing, doing a deeper dive. Nomar is like 40 spots higher. You know who's – so Nomar's number 96. Okay. You know who's number 97? Tell me it's Derek Jeter. Mo Vaughn. Xander Bogarts. It's a shortstop. Xander Bogarts. Trevor Story. No. I'll give you know. one more guess. Simmons. Andrelson Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Um, well, Clawson, you mentioned earlier you weren't that confident in the pitching. However, in the relief pitching department, Red Sox made yes? Number 80, Alex Cora. <laughs> really? He's listed as a shortstop? Alex Cora, ridiculously good range of Good range factor. Wow. Okay, good to know. Um, I was going to wow. say that uh, Red Sox this week also made some some good splashes in the relief pitcher market, got Matt Matt Strom coming in. Jake he's Diekman. due for a good year. He's, he's due, due for a great year. It's a it's an even year, baby. Yep. You know, get Rick Porcell on the team too. It's an even year. I'm gonna talk about pitching. Uh, I'll, I'll pull up his stats. You keep talking so that we can um, that up. Matt Strom, Jake Diekman. I think Diekman is a great signing. They got him for I think two years with an option, and Strom I think was like a minor league deal. Um, but there's a lot. This bullpen's sneaky strong right now, and they got Robles back as well. There's a lot of depth right now, and I think that, you know, Barnes and Whitlock, I think Barnes will probably get uh, the closer role. Obviously, Adovino's gone. He signed with the Mets, but Whitlock might compete. But your your bullpen right now, I mean, there are they also got Derek Holland too. So there are a lot of guys right now you can go to. It's, it's Whitlock, Barnes, Diekman, Josh Taylor, Sawamora, Brazier, Strom, Robles, Darwinson, Austin Davis. Um, I didn't even say Robles, Holland, uh, Phillips Valdez, you know, Bizardo. There's a lot of guys right there. So I think, as I've said multiple times, all competition is good competition, Steve. I think our bullpen's really good. Mm-hmm. Matt Strom. These are his career stats. I'll just say he's ERA every every year. 2016, he had a 1.23 ERA. That's good. 2017, he had a 5.45. That's not good. Not good. 2018, he had a 2.05 ERA. Good. In 41 appearances. 2019, he had a 4.71 ERA in 46 appearances. Nope. Not great. Not good. 2020, he had a 2.61 ERA in 19 appearances. That's good. That's good. In 2021, he had an 8.10 ERA in six appearances. What do you think he is due for in 2022? Well, if 2021 was a bad year, 2022 has got to be a good year. Got to be a good year. I mean, look at those numbers. Got to be a good year. Got to be. Got to be a good year. I think match drum. Book it. Heard it here first. A sub 323 ERA in 22 appearances this year only 22 
he has not really appeared in many games in his career. So okay. that would actually be, uh, no, I'll bump it up 26 to make it the third highest appearances in his career. Okay. I Whatever. Like I said, our bullpen is really good. So we don't need Matt Strom 46 Dude. times a year. We don't need him that many times. We we've got arguably two, not arguably. We've got two better lefties than Matt Strom. I mean, Diekman is a great signing. He's played for Oakland um, the last two years, last year, <clears throat> a three, six, ERA, which is decent, but he pitched in 67 games, absolute workhorse. Year before that, 21 games, uh, 0.42 ERA. His career ERA is a 3.73. He had a, had a couple rough years scattered in there. But overall, I think that you put this guy in a winning environment surrounded by a lot of other good bullpen arms, especially not relying on him to be the only lockdown lefty. Money. I mean, we also forgot about Darwin's and Hernandez and Austin Davis. Like, we'll probably see one of those guys released. Like the, the bullpen is deep right now, especially left-handed wise. That's what you need. Lefty relievers are gold. They're gold. I said last week in the episode, I said this week, I think that Haim is going to sign some depth bullpen guys and another big bat. They did exactly that. And I love these. I love these pieces right here. I think these are, these are good pieces. You know who I think we're going to see? make a couple starts this year or at least just appear actually i take that back maybe not starts just appear at some point or another um jay groom jay groom i think he's gonna appear some at some point maybe it's not until the very end of the year but i think he will appear i could see it there i mean here's the thing clausen earlier you were also you know you were mentioning the starters depth right now it's a little bit thinner but the guy we're forgetting about too and then we got to talk also about chris sales injury we can kind of tie this in but james paxton's coming back at some point in june or july heim bloom talked about how bad he's wanted this guy on the roster and i think when a guy wants heim or when a heim bloom wants a guy bad it makes me feel pretty confident about him i would take james paxton over eddie i would take a healthy james paxton over a healthy eddie i'd say i'll say that confidently um and I think it's kind of like last year where you look at the rotation here. Like we get, I don't know how long sales going to be out for, but at the beginning of the year last year, you know, it was Avaldi, Erod, Pavetta, Martin Perez, and Richards. What we have right now is better than that. And we're getting two good, two good guys back at some point. And it's kind of like the same case as last year. So I know it's a little thin right now, but you know, you could also throw Whitlock in there because the bullpen's deep. So there's just a lot of options. The depth on this team's really, really, really good right now. Really good. I think we're structured like a Rays team with the star power of a Red Sox team. That is the quote of the day, Steve. Yeah. Quote of the day. Clausen? Give him a quote card, folks. Someone write that up. I'm going to give it to him. Nice. For, thank you for eating directly into the mic, Andrew. Appreciate that. I thought I hit mute. But <laughs> you know, uh, nice wait, Clausen. I have a question. Yeah. Wait. So I'm I'm eating this unknown brand of of uh, wheat chips, shall we say? Or grain grain <laughs> chips, grain chips. I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Are they like? Are they thick? No, Cer- certainly not. Quite they're, quite they're... The, quite the opposite. So they're, the they're word you're grain, looking for right there, grain, grain that's, a, that's a cracker. That's that's a cracker. 
it's, it's a it's a wheat chip. That's a cracker. They're called. They're called. Steve, I can't get over your tooth. When you're... All right, I'll address it right now because maybe they'll make this the cold card. As it's known, we were all on spring break over the past the the past week. That's why I sound like this. Not great. You sound fine. I uh, I have two fake teeth in my mouth. I have my eye teeth. If you're a dentist and know which one those are, they're right next to your two front teeth. Both those are fake, not because of anything that happened to me other than genetically. I just never had the adult teeth. Unfortunately, one of those fake teeth has exited the building since entering Mexico. So much, much like Elvis that one time, it has exited the building and I will get it fixed tomorrow. But for now, if you see me in a coke in a in a in a clip with no tooth, that's why. Trooper Steve, absolute trooper. Yep. It's like when uh, Jerry Remy, rest in peace, lost a tooth on air, and Don Orsillo was in his mouth doing dentistry work. That's an all-time clip right there. Yep, an all-time all-time. There's um, a really good ad for a dentist company. I'm not even doing that for a no free ad situation. I genuinely do not know what dentist company it was, but it was like a billboard with a guy missing a tooth and he also had no eyebrows and it was like teeth are important because even though this guy has no eyebrows, the first thing you noticed was the fact that he was missing a tooth. So mm, if my professors don't accept that as a reason to not be in class tomorrow, then they should get one of their teeth pulled and see how, how much they like it. Good point. Good point. Instacart is an online variety of fresh foods and products. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. Wait a second. Can you wait a second? Can you wait a second? No. Why are you speeding through this? I didn't ask the question. Everyone knows why we're here. No, I was going to ask you, where can I get more grain chips? Forget that ingredient. You need to make your famous dish while watching the socks. You need more grain chips or you're like Steve Brady and you lost a tooth. Order it through Instacart. Delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. You can shop multiple stores, see details in your area. That'll help you save money, and every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the most specific needs. They always handle with care to make sure everything gets to you in one piece. Spark your summer celebration. Uh, order teeth through Instacart, and uh, never step foot in a grocery store again. Woo! On Bridge. Uh, the audience. Link in the show notes. Offer this week. It's, uh, it's March Mania. Uh, Hoops Tourney Snacks delivered in as fast as one hour. New customers get $20 off their first order of $45 or more using PayPal. Use code 25PayPal. Terms apply. Woo! It's a pretty good deal. It's a good deal. It's a pretty it's a good, good deal. deal. Is it, did it really say March Mania? It did. March Madness must be trademarked. I think it probably is. Must be. Who, um, did you make a bracket, Steve? I did. I made two. Who would you have one in? Well, in one of them, I had Baylor. <laughs> okay. That unfortunately has not panned out for me. And in the other one, I would have to check because I haven't really cared about that one as much. All right. Fair enough. Clawson, uh, you make, did you make the bracket? Well, here's the thing. I against I have... Gonzaga. Oh, all right. Well, they almost, they almost lost last time, but they escaped. I've watched negative college basketball this year. So I decided in the theme of the universe repeating itself, I decided to go back to the 1992 NCAA bracket and just copy that. 
So my my national championship game is Gonzaga versus Colorado State, but Colorado State already lost. So history doesn't repeat itself like that, I guess. Was St. Peter's uh, in the Sweet 16 that year? Definitely not. It's just I did it by ranking. So in uh, uh, two, it was six seed in the South, Michigan, and one seed in the East, Duke, met in the national championship. How'd you choose 1992? 30 years ago. Oh, okay. I wanted to do I wanted to do 80 years ago, but the 1942 bracket was only like 30 teams, mm-hmm. 24 teams. So I couldn't really do that. And it was all just like the number one seeds. Oh, yeah, that never happens. I uh, I got Kansas beating Texas Tech in the final. I also had Texas Tech in the final. Oh, geez. Um, and Tennessee, my other one, but Tennessee's out. So I'm in uh, in a bracket pool with Steve and Chris Cotillo. I think I'm getting blown out of the water by both of them. Chris Cotillo of the Mexican Times? Chris Cotillo of the Mexican Times. Wait, the... Chris Cotillo of the Mexican Times? Chris Cotillo of the Mexican Times. You know, in my, in my time at Mexico, mm-hmm. I didn't ask anybody if they were familiar with the Chris Cotillo of the Mexican Times, but I should have. Mm, you should have. Do you want to know Chris Cotillo of the Mexican Times Final Four? I do. Okay. He's got Kansas, which I agree with. He's got Arizona. He's got Gonzaga. And he's got Purdue. And he's got a Zona Purdue final with Arizona taking it home. Oh, that is a Arizona final. And Steve, who is in third place right now with a very hot bracket, he's also got Arizona, Kansas, and Gonzaga. And his fourth team, also his champion, meeting Arizona in the final, UCLA. UCLA? I have UCLA in the final four as well. Are they like a seven seed? They are a four seed. They're mm. a four seed. I don't know Steve. anything about college hoops. What? Um, no, sorry. I was just going to ask. So we had a listener last week who, who he said he you know, was from Mexico and he, he wanted to hear Ooh, some yeah. feedback on, on your trip. So how'd you, how'd you like it? I thoroughly enjoyed my trip to south of the border. Everybody there was quite nice that I spoke to. My friends didn't all have the same experience, but I'm much more charismatic and charming than those guys are. So obviously. That would be the case. Shout out to Jose. Without Jose, we would have been homeless for two nights. Jose, if you're listening, I love you. Is that the guy on the bus? Nope. He was the the man who worked at the desk for the hotel. It was good stuff. Mexican beer is good. It was pretty much just Dos Equis, Modelo, and Corona. I met met these, these guys in Toronto on the bus. They were being very loud, and my mentality was costing you. Do you mean the Dosakis guy? No, the most interesting man in the world. Unfortunately, I did not. Don't didn't the biggest ad switch up was when they switched that guy because you. Whoa, whoa, the, whoa, whoa, whoa! No free ads. Hold on. Well, I've you already just... said the three things a bunch <laughs> yeah, of times. Wait. What's going on here? I just forgot about it. I just shout out they were good. I, I don't know. So a free ad. Yeah, it was a free ad, but. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they kind of paid for it over the past week. I'll tell you that you much. Tell us where you stayed and what you flew on and <laughs> what you're wearing right now. 
<laughs> no, the plane, the plane service. Let's. It was terrible, actually. What color? What color was the plane? No, the plane. Was I won't say. The, I won't say the. Was plane. it yellow? I I won't say the airline's name. I bet it was yellow. Was it yellow though? No, it was. It was. It was some. I'll just say. Plane yellow. Clausen, <laughs> let me talk. Christ. It It wasn't great. So I'll just say you know some made up, some made up name. Uh, Frontier Airlines. <laughs> That's an airline company. Yeah, I know. That's what I flew on. They sucked. This isn't a free ad. That was the worst airline that I've ever been on in my entire life. They were terrible. That it was so uncomfortable. There was no like entertainment at all on like the screen. There, there's no screen. It was just a chair. It was so dark in there. Like the light didn't work. Um, it was the turbulence was unreal too. I thought I was gonna die at a, a few points. And to top it all off, our flights got delayed a total of four times. And at the end of my re- my return flight, they said, they said, and then this is again just like you know a stupid made up name that like I don't know why anybody would ever use this as a real, real airline because it's so terrible. Frontier Airlines said to you to us we're family, or your family I guess would make more sense. And they said so our gift to everybody on this plane is two free round trip tickets to anywhere that you want in the entire world. And then they paused for like a really long time. And they said, you have to sign up for a credit card. That is a $90 annual fee. And then upon your first purchase, and they said, they made a point, they go, your first purchase, it can be very small, be very small, but you get 50,000 Frontier Airline miles. And then they said, for just $90 annual fee. And then this flight attendant had the audacity to come up to me while I was asleep and wake me up to tell me that. So I missed the, the real announcement. And then she said that to me and I went, really? And she went, yes. And then she explained the credit card part. And I went, no, no, thanks. I have no money. So that's how that, that went. Stupid. Don't fly with them. Fly anything else. It sounds like they're not going to be an airplane with them. Oh, for ninety bucks, you uh, get round an trip tickets fee. anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, I know. An annual fee of ninety dollars. So I look at it as a ninety dollars airline ticket uh, every year. So it can be a very small purchase. Two of them. Go buy a pack of gum. Pay ninety bucks. Pay like ninety three bucks, and you get round trip tickets anywhere. Frontier won't even exist in like six months. They're merging with the Yellow Airline. Yeah, they also. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not great. Um, I uh, I drove down to South Carolina. I've got this is the story I've been waiting to tell you guys. This is pretty funny. So I uh, I obviously got my Cedric Mullins jersey last week, which I very much like. It's a very clean jersey. However, sometimes I forget that the Baltimore Orioles are the laughing stock of the MLB. So we'll say that I was at a local eatery that serves uh, beverages and I walked out of it and there was a Yankees fan there in an Aaron Judge jersey and I'm like ah I gotta mess with this guy a little bit so again I'm wearing my Cedric Mullins jersey so I go up to him I go I was like man the Yankees suck they haven't done anything recently he proceeds again I'm a shorter guy 
probably a good six inches taller than me to stare down at me, not even say a word and just laugh at me, just full on belly laugh at me. And then goes, shut the fuck up. You're wearing an Orioles jersey, which I had to take right on the chin because there was nothing else I could say or do in that moment that would make up for that. Because again, I was like, I'm a Red Sox fan, but here I am wearing an Orioles jersey looking like a bozo. So I got a good laugh out of me. That's tough. That's tough. That was, it was tough. Very tough. I also met Clawson's uh, friend, or at least some kid he met in high school in line at this place. And he thought, he thought Clawson was famous. So. Land famous. Shout out Gombridge. I will say Red Sox nation runs deep though. I met multiple people because I was wearing like a New Hampshire hat who were like, Oh, you're from new England. You're Red Sox fan. Like, Red Sox Nation runs deep everywhere. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Chris yeah, but those guys on the bus were loud. And I got them to all uh to all to follow us all. Hell yeah. They're probably not gonna listen because they're Blue uh, Jays fans, but they uh, commented on um one of our one of our posts and said Mexican buses are where it's at. That boy Steve fucks. And I said, Hell yeah, I do. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, overall it was a it was a good week. I saw Nationals Park from a distance. That was cool. Um, Did it look cool? Do you feel like you ranked it correctly in our stadium rankings episode? I saw like the tippy top of the scoreboard from the highway, and I think I could just feel that I put it in the right spot. Mm. Just feel that I put it in the right spot. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that uh, that was that. Chris Hill's hurt though, which sucks. Got any takes on that? I hope he's back soon. I'd Chris Hill, Clawson, yes, Clawson, speak, speak, rather, speak loud. Rather than be hurt now than in September. Good point. That's fair, but it appears that he has no plans to ever be healthy again. Unfortunately, how many more years on his contract? Two, two, I think. I think he has like a player ex- or uh, option, which I for sure don't think will be picked up. Well, uh, if it's a player option, we've got this then year. He will probably pick it up. Wait, don't you think? On. Probably. Wait, I think. Hold on. Oh, we have a uh, we have him for the next three years, and then a vested option for twenty twenty five. I don't know what he needs. My roommates are yelling. Do you know what's going on in the Duke game? No, I don't. Uh, but anyway, I think something needs to happen uh, for him to get that. Well, thanks for the world. Duke is losing in five minutes, folks. Duke. Oh, there's five minutes left in the game. It's fine. My roommate is a huge Duke fan. He's. Is he the Zion. Yankee fan? I bet he's the Yankee fan too. No, the Yankee fan is pumped right now. In fact, he was the one who left a comment on our Instagram today, and someone was like, because he was pissed that we got story, and he was like, bad take. And someone was like, L, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, let's, anyway. let's shout him out. Who was it? It was one of the people oh, on the round table. Was, yeah, it was Jansen, which I, I commented back. I was like, nah, it's he's just a jealous Yankee fan. But uh, yeah. I have to, I, um, yeah, I hate Duke. I'll just say that. Everybody hates Duke. Um, so yeah, hopefully Chris Hill's back. I don't really have too much on that right now. It'd be the, cool uh, if he was. I would obviously like him to be healthy, but uh, it seems as if we don't really have much of an update and he's going to miss opening day. So that is what it is. What do you guys think about Alex Cora's beard though? It's pretty cool facial hair it's a new one 
little facial hair. Look, man, if Alex Cora likes it, Steve Brady likes it. I like it too. Um, want to do a quick segment on uh, called "Laughing at the Yankees." Yeah. Awesome. Sure. I look rather uninterested. I'm watching the Duke game. Oh, okay. Wait, what do you mean? How did you not know there were five minutes left? I just started watching it now. Oh, okay. So I got two things on the Yankees. Actually, three things. Three things. If you need a good laugh, if you've been sad all day and you need a good laugh, well, boy, I got some stuff for you. The New York Yankees last year lost the wild card game to the Boston Red Sox. But don't don't worry. They had they had the big offseason where they could sign some guys. They had Freddie Freeman on the board, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Nick Castellanos, Matt Olson. They had to have gotten one of those guys. At least if you're the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. Yeah, they had to, right? I mean, yeah, they're the Yankees. Right. There are also some good pitchers on the board who I like. Clayton Kershaw's on the board. Corey Seager. No, he's not a pitcher. Marcus Stroman. Martin Perez. Martin Perez was on the board. Max Scherzer. Martin Perez. Well-known good pitcher. Good pitcher. Martin Perez is gone. I think we mentioned that last week. Yep. Do we lose anybody else from last year? Eddie. I don't know. Eddie, yeah. But anyways. Adovino's gone too. I was just thinking of guys I haven't mentioned. I don't think so. Um, The Yankees uh, did not get, in fact, any of them. Which is. They, They made a move though. Well, the, the, well, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, Carlos Correa and Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela are teammates in Minnesota. Oh! <laughs> the funniest um, part about that trade is, is I don't think it's the fact that the Twins' salary dumped all of John, John, Josh Donaldson's contract onto the Yankees, who I think is – not a significant upgrade for Ursula, but that's neither here nor there. It's the fact that Donaldson and Garrett Cole, the man who makes a half billion dollars to be average at best, hate each other. They just hate each other. I don't understand that move at all. The Yankees are the place where players have gone to die the last decade. That is where they have gone to die. Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran, Giancarlo Stanton's been okay. All dead. In fact, not dead, but in a, in a theoretical stance, possibly. Um, who else have they signed? They just signed these old guys who they think are going to be good. And they're not. Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is good again. Well, he's good again because you're not with the Yankees. Yeah. Um, People, well, it's because the Yankees treat their players like prisoners and make them shave their beards and get haircuts. We don't do that. We have Matt Strom. Yeah. I mean, they literally oh, that. Who would who who wants to play for the Yankees nowadays? You know who didn't want to play for the Yankees? Zach Granke. Zach Granke. You know who else didn't want to play for the Yankees? Zach Granke on the Yankees would be a freak show. Carlos Correa. Well, yeah, but who who said it? Freddie Freeman literally said there was oh, a report he- came, a report came out that the Yankees were like, Freddie, you want to play for us? And he was like, Hell no, I don't want to play for you guys. You guys stink. Like, well, Freddie Freeman's also a family man. He wants to raise his son, Charlie, in a great environment. And LA if I was Freddie Freeman and I had all these options and I had either nice Atlanta, Georgia, sunny Los Angeles, California, or the pit, the rat pit. 
that is New York City. I think the Rat Pit would probably be at the the bottom of that list. Why? Why would anybody want to go to to the Yankees? I mean, no. Even Queens is better than the Bronx, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Queens is definitely an upgrade. I mean, Manhattan, Manhattan's probably the best, but Queens know, is better. No Manhattan baseball team. So. You're right. Um, the funniest part to me about this whole debacle where they send get Gary Sanchez out, get Gio out, bring in Josh Johnson, who Steve, as you said, not much of an upgrade. I mean, he's good when healthy, but he's older. It's the fact that the Yankees took on all of Josh Donaldson's contract and the Minnesota twins then used that money to go sign the guy that the Yankees have had their eyes on to play shortstop for the last year. The Minnesota twins of all teams fleece the Yankees. Hilarious. Hilarious. I don't understand why Correa wanted to go to Minnesota, but I don't really care. Did um, He's not in our division. Where did Garver go from Minnesota? I don't know. I have no idea. A lot of things happened. Chris Bryant went to the Rockies. Jorge Soler went to Miami, I oh, think. Rangers. Yeah. Um, Castellanos went to Philly. Um, Schwarber went to Philly, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, went to Philly. Winker and Suarez got traded to Seattle. Um, There's a lot this week. There's honestly too much to, to even go over with all this Red Sox news. But um, it's been quite the week. Seattle's my sleeper team this year. I, I if you I can really know. even call them a sleeper yeah, team, I don't I even guess. know if they're a sleeper team. They're gonna be good. Um, we uh, Amir Garrett went to uh, what's it called? He went to the Royals, Forever Royal. Zach Granke to the Royals. Clawson, you called that last week. What can I say? Blind, it's the blind. It's the blind squirrel theory. <clears throat> A good broken good clock is right twice a day. We got some questions though. Um, Suzuki went to the Cubs, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah, forgot about him. Say, how Suzuki went to Chicago, loves Mike Trout. Thought he was gonna come here to be honest with you, but he didn't. That would have been nice. Uh, yeah, it doesn't break my I heart, did too, but honestly, story kind of fits a little better than he does. He's also probably I, I really gonna like, be better. I don't know the last time a Japanese. I guess Shohei Otani. Shohei, that was about to be a really bad take. Well, I mean, outside of Shohei Otani, I don't remember when like somebody really, really panned out to be like, like really, really good from Japan. I mean, I guess what is his name? Okay. Kim, Kim on the Padres. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he was terrible last well, year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it was his first year last year. He might settle in a little bit better. He might. He might. Yeah. Um, I got some questions to go though. Okay. First one uh, comes in from, from Jess. Hey, Jess. Uh, she said tattoos or piercings. On myself? Yeah, on myself. She just, there are, we have three, we have a couple uh, like this or that questions. Okay. I would say on I would say myself. I, I guess let's go for on yourself. Yeah, on yourself. Because, say because. You can't. You sh- shouldn't judge other people. No, I would say on myself. You, well, none of us have tattoos, I don't think, or piercings, no. unless no, nothing you guys have some piercings I can't see. Steve, I'll show you later. <laughs> um, I, I'll take tattoos. 
Probably, yeah. I would probably rather get a tattoo. Clausen? Yeah, I mean, on myself, I'd say tattoo. Yeah, I'm still Wait. waiting to get the Cleveland Lindors tattoo. That's a right. work in progress. Where would you guys? Where would you guys get your tattoo if you had to pick a place? Hmm. Probably like a picture of Steve Brady on the inside of my eyelids. So when I go to bed every night, I can just look at it. <laughs> Toothless Steve Brady. <laughs> hey, that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I'd probably get a ankle tattoo that said socks and four. So whenever I put my socks on, I just get good vibes. Why don't you get it on your foot? What if you wear ankle socks? Yeah, you can catch me dead in ankle socks. <laughs> I feel like it's like socks and socks and two. Then you have two more socks to put on. Socks and two. That would actually be funny if I if I got two tattoos, one on each the bottom of my feet, and it just said socks in. One and two. No one would know what that meant. Yeah, well, we would. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know how often you see the bottom of my feet, but. I would probably get a tattoo either on the the front of my thigh or the the back of my forearm or the if the inside of my forearm. I don't know what's just the front or the back. The inside. That's a good point. I think a rib tattoo would be cool, like a on the side. I cool. hear they really hurt. I would think so. Yeah. Um, next one. Matching. Speaking of socks. I didn't even see this. Matching or mismatched socks. Definitely matching. matching. What'd you say, Clausen? Matching. More of a mismatch guy. I don't care. Nice. Uh, zoo or aquarium? I think both are bad. I would go aquarium. <laughs> Fish yeah. are sick. Is that because like you just don't like going or you're against like animals being in a cage? Uh, I feel like uh, lying in a cage is depressing. But a bunch of fish in a stupid tank makes me less sad. So they have fish don't know where they are. A lion knows that they can't. They can't. The fish probably thinks it's the entire ocean. Like, yeah. how, he's like, think you ever seen the clip like, of Kanye? He's like, how much money does the world cost? I'm going to buy the whole world. And that's just a little fish in the tank. <laughs> yeah, I bet the fish doesn't know. I bet the fish thinks they're at a zoo. You ever think Wrong about that? Fish. Oh, Maybe they're at the that, people exhibit. That's a good point. They go to sleep and then they're like, tomorrow we get to see more people. Yeah. Hey, I've never thought about that. I've never thought about that either, Steve. That's a great take. That's really meta. Do you think that the zoo animals think that we're also just zoo animals trapped in the zoo? No. They're miserable. They're too smart. Maybe. Well, not all animals. Some of them. Smart. What's the dumbest zoo animal? Probably like a flamingo. Those things look so stupid. <laughs> I honestly don't think I could give you a better answer than that. Yeah, um, like, what if what if flamingos have two legs and they're just going to use one of them? It also sleeps bird. on it sleeps on its leg. It can't fly either. What a, what a stupid bird! Stupid bird. Imagine being a flamingo. Uh, stupid bird. Sleep on sleep on your ass. Come on. Um, would you rather have the socks three peat and never be able to go to Fenway? Or have season tickets and always have them lose. I would weigh. Hey. Look, look. Oh, my dog's parking. I'd rather have the season tickets. And they lose every time you go? Just probably like they don't win the World Series. 
So wait, what's the first option? Three peat and never be able to go to Fenway. Or so is that yeah, or have season tickets and always have them lose. That would be pain. So much pain back and forth. So they make it all the time and then they lose every time. I would way rather take one for the team, all of Red Sox Nation. Right. And this is just a guaranteed three peat. She didn't say that they, they would never win again after this. Mm. When's the last time a team even went back to back? I mean, the stupid, Yankees. stupid Yankees, but like three peat, pretty insane for any sport. So, good point. Good point. Um, last one. We know your hot takes on truck day and how it doesn't get you pumped for the season like it's supposed to in parentheses at Clawson. But what about picture day? I don't really have a hot picture day t- uh, take, Jess, but I do. I, I, I'm for it. I enjoy it. I think this question is really, for Clawson. They don't really like publicize picture day the same way. No, they like don't. it's like picture day is kind of cool. Cause like, it's actually kind of goofy. Like guys are doing weird stuff. It doesn't signify anything though. It's usually just the team just messing around getting their picture taken. Good point. We also uh, we got some questions from Matt. He said, uh, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Probably The Conjuring. So not a scary movie. What have you, what have you seen that's scary? Mm. And we, we talked about this with Jared. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when I saw it for the first time, Saw 2 really freaked me out. It was this. Uh, I probably was too young to see that, though. That's probably why my dumb brain didn't understand it was a movie. There was this like Veggie Tales Halloween movie that was frightening when I was a child. Yeah, like what's the like Veggie- the most scary non horror movie you've ever seen? Going all right. This isn't a movie, but going to Bugaboo Creek as a child. <laughs> sorry for the free ad. What is that, that place? That? Was, that you place know was, what that is? That place no, was really. sensory overload. It yeah. was like um, it was like it was like the rainforest cafe, but like on steroids. <laughs> yeah, just like no, way was, more aggressive. Yeah, it was like the rainforest cafe, but they were like a forest themed thing, and like there was moose like everywhere. And if I recall correctly, similar to the Rainforest Cafe, it was just so loud. In yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievably loud. There was a million moose everywhere. The birds were creepy. The food wasn't even good either. I don't even know what that was. It gets you, you in there for the, for the show. When I was younger, I was afraid of the, When I was younger, I was afraid of the thunderstorm at Rainforest Cafe. Like the gorillas would just be like pounding their chest. I'm like eating, sitting with my bowl of mac and cheese. Like, what's going on right now? What's going on? Uh, scariest movie though, as a kid, I would, I would always get scared of the um, sharks and Finding Nemo. But first, your friends, not food. Right. Well, I couldn't comprehend that when I was four years old. Well, actually, uh, you know, Shark Tale. Just the animation in that movie was really scary. The the fish were really humanoid. Will Smith, or was it Eddie Murphy? I can't remember. Hopefully, I don't get canceled for that. Um, Whoever, whoever it was, the fish that the star fish was scary. I've not seen that movie. As I have also not seen Surf's Up. Also, might have been Chris Rock. I don't remember. I'll All look right. up right now. Uh, next one. Favorite breed of dog? Um, it was Will Smith. That was right the first time. Brown Lab. My dog. That's Moyed. That dog, your dog's awesome. Hell yeah. 
He barks a lot. He was just barking right now. I hope you couldn't hear it. I'd probably go with a uh, big, uh, big beagle guy. Beagles are cool. I like beagles. I'm pretty, pretty chill. I like chill really like gross pugs. Just can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's just liquid coming like out of all of its like orifices. It's like, why did we breed you? You can't do anything. Is it like, true they like suffocate? Yeah, their their face is squished. <laughs> Imagine like I like if you have a pug and you sleep in the same room as it, or, let alone multiple pugs. I bet it's just like <laughs> the entire night. <laughs> How do you sleep? Um, you don't. You just don't sleep. If that's the case, you simply don't. Clausen? Nah, I got nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's the furthest your March Madness bracket has ever made it? Like perfect? Like just in general, like your best. Like in a pool? I've won my I won my pool two years ago. Okay. Probably come in like second or third once. Nice. I usually am pretty good at March Madness. This year I'm in third in one of my pools, which is all right, but I'm not performing nearly as well as i as i used to baylor really let me down this year they let me down last year in an opposite way but this year i tried to ride them and uh, they let me down so i uh well once i got i got into sports betting in december and i stopped quickly because i lost too much money i realized that i'm very bad at it and all my lot my all my underdog locks for march madness just none of them hit i had vermont no. Chattanooga? No. South Dakota State? No. A couple other ones. None of them had. My lowest seed that I picked to go far was, I think I still have Michigan in one of my brackets. I don't oh, know if they lost today or not. It's a good pick. Should yeah. we close out the ninth? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, you want to go first, Gary? Wait, did I have a, was there another question from Matt? Uh, no, you can go ahead, Steve. I, uh... So I guess my closing of the ninth is protect your teeth because if you walk around missing one, especially one of the front ones, you look kind of dumb. Unless you are Steve Brady and can just work it. <laughs> also, I don't know why the human race made pugs. I don't know whose idea that was. Or how that even happened, but they would they look like a mistake. So all right. That's all I got. Um shout out baseball, shout out money. Uh a lot of guys getting signed, a lot of guys getting signed to good places. Some guys get sent signed to the Yankees, aka bad places. But you know, just how it goes. Shout out baseball, it's back. You gotta play somewhere. Gotta play somewhere. My closing out the ninth take. The Boston Red Sox have the best rest, uh, roster in the American League East. And I'm excited to see them go to work. And I don't think they're done yet. I think that on Friday when we have our next show, I think we're going to have another player to talk about. Not major, I don't think, but I think we'll see something else. I think we will see something else. So quite the week for the Red Sox. Story, Diekman, Strom, sales hurt. Got a lot of stuff going on. The Sox are back. Heim Bloom proves the critics wrong. And we are two and a half weeks from spring training, or excuse me, from opening day. 
it's getting here soon. So if you enjoyed what you listened to, don't forget Wait, to follow. Hey, us. hey, what Steve? Yeah, what's up? Cool story, bro. What? Oh, yeah, cool story. Cool story, bro. bro. It was a cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. If you enjoyed what you listened to, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and someone asked us to put it on Stitcher too, which I just uploaded it a little bit ago, so it should be up there soon. So keep an eye out for that too if you listen on there. And we will be back next week with episode 77. See ya!